Good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, the 8th of September, and Wall Street was closed overnight. But as I speak, the Dow futures are up 180. They were actually up 280 earlier on this morning, so they're sort of coming off. But our market has opened up okay. We're up 64, which is a solid performance led by resources, but everything participating today, including technology, really quite stable. And that's despite the big sell-offs in technology in the US last week. More of that in a minute. Our futures this morning were up 25. The European markets looking really very firm. The UK was up 2.4%. That's despite the UK threatening to walk away from EU-UK trade talks if there was no agreement by October 20th, I think it was. German market up 2%. Tesla in Germany was up 2.6%, which gives you a bit of an idea what tech stocks might do tonight. In other words, bounce. So it looks like we have avoided this precipitous sell-off, which could have started last week with the FANGS 6 stocks dropping 5.95% in a night on Thursday last week. Now let's get to the NASDAQ whale, which is W-H-A-L-E. I'm sure you've seen this story, but let's just cover it quickly. It seems that, and this has been revealed by Wall Street Journal and the Financial Times and is now commonplace, but you've probably seen that Japanese telecom company SoftBank have been revealed to have bought around $4 billion worth of call options tied to underlying positions in big US tech stocks like Amazon, Microsoft, Netflix. And they're thought to now have an exposure of $50 billion US dollars to big US technology stocks. And their buying has been significant in the US technology sector this year. They have done triple the normal amount of options traded in a year this year. And that is thought to partially explain the tech rally on Wall Street this year. And the suggestion is that SoftBank are sitting on all these call options and underlying stock. They've got trading gains of $4 billion, And the risk is now that they close those positions or that the market starts to work against them. And anybody who's been in the markets for long will know that if the market knows what your position is, the moment they see you trying to close it out, all the prices move against you. So if SoftBank now tries to unwind all these positions, the whole market is going to move against them. And maybe that's what started to happen last week. You wouldn't want to be SoftBank because you are revealed naked in the market, visible, and whatever you do next, if you've got a massive position, whatever you do next, the whole market's going to know and it's going to work against you. The suggestion is that their position is why the VIX volatility index has picked up recently as well, because it's an options volatility thing. It's not a usual fear index thing. And we now have to wonder what happens now the whale is out of the bag, so to speak, for SoftBank who appear a little unsophisticated. It's not as if they are a US investment bank operating in dark pools. They're a rather unsophisticated telecoms company taking a very large and now visible bet. Few conclusions from this, though, is it's good to see an explanation, if it's true, an explanation of why technology has been running so endlessly higher in the US. 
because someone was buying, which was pretty obvious anyway. But it does suggest that this one position or this one player, particularly because of the options activity, may have caused some overpricing in technology stocks. From here, with that position outed, it is more likely to reflect negatively than positively for tech stocks. The froth is revealed, in other words. The risk is that the position is potentially unwound, which would obviously impact the prices of the specific stocks involved. Interestingly, if you think about it, it doesn't impact the rest of the market. So there's no reason to sell everything. All it's really doing is highlighting an inflation of technology prices, which we know about already. Some of the Australian technology stocks, if sentiment was a significant factor in the share price improvements recently, well, they might soften up now. For instance, a telecom CEO in Japan deciding to take a big position in Amazon doesn't necessarily mean that Afterpay is worth more. And because it is a trading issue, the good thing for the market is whatever happens in the short term to this position, whether it's unwound or not, the impact, because it's a trading thing, not a fundamental thing, the impact's going to be short term only. Ultimately, fundamentals are going to prevail in the end again. The only real debate is whether share prices in these particular stocks are overpriced or not. But the bottom line is that this is a long technology position that's been revealed and explained. And should technology stocks sell off, the impact on the rest of the market should be minimized. Notably, the European market stabilized last night. It looks like the Dow and the S&P are in positive territory on the futures market. Technology could or technology is lagging a little bit if you look at NASDAQ futures. But all in all, it seems that our decision not to respond to this recent sell-off has been the right one. But we'll wait to see what happens. Maybe the technology sector is going to get a bit of a bloody nose. Maybe this will develop. But either way, the general fundamental backdrop to the market isn't changed by this, is technology specific. And I think we can continue to run with our recovery hopes. Right, NASDAQ whale out of the way. A few other things. The anatomy of the market yesterday, we had a small rise, 19 points in our market yesterday, but the anatomy was quite good for us. Travel stocks, recovery stocks, banks doing okay. Similar sort of thing today. The anatomy of the market is a recovery style shape. We've got things like Webjet up 4%, for instance, today. And we've got the NAB up 1.3%, Macquarie up 1.6% against the market up 1.2%. So happy with the shape of the market at the moment. And glad to see energy performing a bit better today. Oil search is ex-dividend. That's why that's down. And resources doing very well today. We've got Fortescue up 2.8%. I think they've been upgraded bit late to upgrade to buy, but JP Morgan have upgraded them today. Other things, bit of a spike in the 10-year bond yield on Friday. That was possibly due to the sell-off in equities rather than the economic optimism that which we are hoping for. The Aussie dollar peaked out over 74 cents back to 72.84 now, but still in uptrend. You'll see the chart in the newsletter. I've got a chart of the Australian case numbers dropping very rapidly at the moment. Hopefully we will hit our targets and come out of stage four lockdowns sometime in my lifetime. Whilst we have 55 new cases today with lockdowns, I would point out that without lockdowns, India had 90,802 new cases on Sunday. And Ben tells me of his mate flying into London yesterday. No quarantine for Australians straight into the pub. (laughs) I don't think the Victorian lockdowns 
are inappropriate if uh, I shouldn't mention it at all. You'll all email me. But my thinking is along the lines of most people's, which is, yes, if you want to get cases down to below five, then these are the measures that we've got to do. But it's a question of whether getting cases down to below five, targeting zero is realistic, maintainable, practical, or delusional. And that's where the debate is because the rest of the world is working off something else. And on that front, I have have a piece of research which I linked to, I hope Bell Potter don't mind me linking to it, I linked to in the weekend email and have linked into today and they are looking at the rising case numbers in the US and Europe and conclude that there is a good chance that the US and Europe are getting to herd immunity levels of infection fatality rates death numbers are basically falling despite case numbers rising. And they conclude with this paragraph, USA and Europe likely largely back to normal by year end. With China already already effectively being in normal mode for some months, we are likely to see the world's three major economies, the US, China and Europe, all up and running without the burden of lockdowns and other cumbersome restrictions by the end of this year. This would be a major positive catalyst to livelihoods around the globe helping to restore the economic growth and reduce the death destruction and depression associated with social isolation increased poverty and unemployment i wonder whether we have a cognitive bias which is emphasizing the things we want to hear anyway that's what we want to hear and you should have a read of that bit of research very interesting and thank you to our member who sent that in Uh, macquarie have a bit of research out saying the stocks with the most rebound potential which by definition assumes that they think a rebound is on the way but those with a 25% or more EBITDA drop that therefore have the most rebound potential include Flight Center, Qantas, Sydney Airports, Corporate Travel, Crown Resorts and Star Entertainment. We don't have enough gambling stocks or in our recovery portfolio, we haven't really exposed ourselves to gambling. We're having a look at those today. They also talk about housing related stocks doing well in general, but also highlight those that are benefiting from household retail appetite. Harvey Norman, JB Hi-Fi, Nick Scarley, they think they'll continue to have a good year. Private automobiles, as opposed to public transport, that is likely to have a good 12 months ahead as well. ARB, BAPCorp, Transit urban SG fleet GUD and they note some safer stocks that have provided specific earnings guidance Wise Tech, Next DC, Goodman Group, Amcor, CSL, Brambles and James Hardy. Right I have published the ETF portfolio performance chart because it is so fantastic. I just want to keep a running commentary on ETFs. I haven't had time to do any more education today or highlight anything in particular but the message is we are still long in VAS which is the Vanguard Australian Shares Index ETF. We could have picked two or three others. Maybe we will in future, but it's really a statement of what we think about the market. And if I was running an ETF portfolio, we would still be 100% long for the moment. So you can have a look at the chart in the strategy piece today of that performance. Otherwise, technical observations, lots of lots of observations at the moment, a lot of sell signals around, particularly in technology stocks. A bad two days in technology have taken the top off all of these uptrends. That, of course, could reverse tomorrow. But you'll see in the strategy piece, there's a chart of the NASDAQ coming off the top. There is also a chart of the S&P 500 with the first biggest sell signal since March. 
have a look at those. Also got, if they are the Greyhounds, then I've also got the ASX 200 chart in for today, which is the Bassett Hound. And then some of the sell signals, Wise Tech, Hekinashi sell signals, Seek, also off the top, Mesa Blast after a fabulous run, had a big sell signal yesterday. And Wes Farmers and Woolworths have both topped out. You'll see the charts in there. Those signals actually are about, they probably should have done that a week or two ago. But big stocks coming off the top. It may well be that the market is no longer emphasizing safe stocks and hence they come off the top. And I've also put in a Renko chart of Woolworths. For those of you that don't know what Renko is, there's a click through to explain what Renko charts are. They work on ATRs, average true range movements. There has to be a change in direction for 280R for a brick to appear on the chart and the chart to change direction. The idea is you get much clearer pivot points, although they are somewhat slower. But you'll see a Renko peak on Woolworths. I could have done the same on 100 charts today. But just to keep your education going, for those of you sitting inside with nothing better to do today, click through and read about Renko charts. Right, that's about it. Market behaving itself as I leave you. We've been up 80. We're now up 62. Dow futures up 210. The Yellowstone series has come to an end. Have loved that. Watch Halt and Catch Fire if you can. And we are living on Ted Lasso at the moment. Love him. You have a good day. Speak to you tomorrow. (laughs) 